Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sir. Robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the Summer turtles? Sausage. Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. There you go. There's the second new hour open. I like it. Where is that now? Where's... Change the flow of the show. Where is your quote from now? The Office. Is that what it's from? The Turtles one? I don't remember that. Yeah, that's the office. And then uh, the opening one is from Brooklyn Nine Nine, the robot voice. Mm-hmm. That's a great show. If you have Brooklyn Nine Nine is awesome. Nine, you got to watch that one. That that's a very very fun okay. show. Okay, before we move on, do you are you on YouTube much or ever? Yes, or all the time. Do you watch Hot Ones? Yes. Jesse, have you seen Hot Ones? Hot Ones is the he most, says no. Hot Hot Ones is probably the I can binge watch that. I can sit there and watch three hours of Hot Ones. Hot no Ones. For those who don't know, it is a very good channel. Uh, actually, it's not the channel. The channel is called First We Feast. But Hot Ones is a show where they get celebrities to come in, comedians. Some of them are big celebrities. Sometimes it's people you haven't heard of or maybe some musical acts you haven't heard of. But either way, they come in and they sit down, and in front of them is a tray of 10 wings. And each wing has a different hot sauce on it, and it gets exponentially hotter as you keep going. And the guy also eats them with you, does the interview, and he interviews you and talks about what you're doing and just asks interesting questions. A lot of, yeah, he is a pretty good interviewer. He does ask interesting questions. It is very, very interesting because you haven't seen something like it before where people have to answer these crazy interview questions while having to suffer massively I, th- I think it's these I think it's brilliant because the minute you take the bite of of that wing, he instantly shoots with the with the next question. So as you're trying to, you know, get yourself together after eating, you know, the atomic wings or whatever the case is, you're you're getting bombarded with with interview questions. Which, you know, it's pretty cool just to watch people's reactions. I just watch Shaq and Jimmy Butler who had an awesome. I haven't uh, caught up to those yet. I'm behind a little bit. Yeah. I saw those on the on the queue yeah. coming up when I watch YouTube. But my favorite one ever was Alton Brown from Food Network did one did you see that one yes that's that one's really interesting because he really critiques the sauces which i found very fascinating plus i love the food network so i like alton brown and then gordon ramsay did one this season or last season it was terrible i mean 
I thought it was interesting it because was okay. he's an interesting guy, but he was cursing a lot, which was very funny. Yeah. Uh, I thought the best one was Kevin Hart. You know, I thought it was one of the it was super funny. You know, I didn't especially see that one, I don't think. guys when they you know when you don't do hot stuff like that, and yeah, it, it, it was pretty hilarious. So. I do because of that show. I have had thoughts in the past of. Because I, I like spicy food, but I'm not that much into spicy food. Salvador Mali's fam. I have never been to Salvador Mali's. Yeah, go get those uh those little like hot balls. Yeah, or whatever the, they no, call the them. little fritters, the habanero yeah. fritters. I mean, habanero. I like habanero, right? Yeah, go, <laughs> go to do. Salvador Mali's. I do. Like I don't habanero. know if you'll be saying you'll like habanero after that. I mean, I'm sure you'll still like the essence of habanero, but yeah, <laughs> that, that'll make it pretty. Uh, I, I've always wanted to do something like that in like the challenge form of hot food even i know i would be terrible at it because like yesterday i got hot wings from fire on the mountain like hot wings great wings they are great wings i think some of the best in the city that i've had at least but like they were hot i could but i could deal with them but i was like oh these are hot you know what i mean and getting some of these super spicy sauces are nowhere near their hot wings and that's not even their hottest wing they've got extra hot and then they've got el jefe which I've never tried. So. No, I mean, I've, I've tried them both. Yeah, uh, they're they're not um, respectful to your tongue mm. and to your insides and everything. You had so. the El Jefe. They have a yes. challenge. I saw on the menu now. El yes, Jefe no, I have. I have a good friend of mine, uh, Chris in Portland, one of our P ones. You know, and he loves hot food. Like whenever he's over my house, he's always got three, four habaneros that he's chopping up to put on something. So I'm telling him to keep that jazz away from anything I'm making. <laughs> but no, yeah, uh, had it before and probably I'll, I'll, I'll do it again if i'm dared but just willy-nilly going there and just hey let me get the let me get the old jefe wings like that'll probably never happen that's a good name for hot wings too like the hottest wings mm-hmm. that's a good one el jefe uh, but yeah watch hot ones it's a really really good show on youtube i kind of like that idea in general great idea of having a really really kind of common man's way to talk to someone right you're sitting down over food and you get to interview them but it's kind of funny because the hot the wings are hot and it's just, it's interesting. I like it. It's really, really casual. And I think that's kind of cool. It kind of gets the interviewee. Makes it easier to interview someone. Yeah, it Absolutely. gets them into a little bit more of a comfortable state. Yes. And sometimes they'll answer the questions better. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good one to watch. All right, Blazers. Let's dive into that a little bit. We're going to have to break here in, in shortly, but we'll start. We didn't get a chance to talk about the NERC injury. Uh, it happened on Monday. It's the day after our show. I mean, I guess it feels like a typical Trailblazer injury, right? You're steamrolling along. You got a really good team this year. People are high on you in the playoffs. Nurkic is having a career year. He's having the best game of his career, arguably, in that game. Oh, yeah, it was. And lands on Jared Dudley's foot, coming down from a rebound and sickening snap and rolling around on the ground later. He's done for the year and part of next year as well. I don't want to spend too much time on the injury because it's been talked about for a week, but that sucked. It really sucked, and I'm not necessarily a diehard Blazer fan, but I do pull for the team, and I sat there just in silence for an hour watching the end of that game and the post game, just going, there goes the season because that was that was as bad of an injury as I've seen live on TV in a long time. So as I was – I have DirecTV, so unfortunately the Blazer games aren't – you know, I'm not privy to those. So I get every other game, but it's not the Blazers. Super weird. Um and I'm following the game on Bleacher Report, just looking at the scores and whatnot. So refresh, refreshing it, you know, every couple minutes. And all of a sudden, I don't look at it for like 10 minutes. And then I see all these prayers to Nurk, 
prayers for Nurk. Prayers up. You know, thinking about you, big fella. I'm like, well, why are there prayers for Nurk? Like, what are you talking about? And I'm scrolling through everything, and there's no like mention of anything that's happened. It's just all tweets from all these NBA players and former players about how they want Nurk to get better. And then I had to go to you know ESPN real fast, and they didn't have anything up at that point because it had most, just happened. Most sites didn't have it up at all. Because so I had to go to YouTube. Them. I went to YouTube really fast, and YouTube just happened to have it up, and my heart sank. You know, just be not. I mean, not just as a Blazer fan, you, but you just as a fan of basketball. Yeah. And you know, you don't want anybody. It's the same thing with Gordon Hayward, man. You just you felt so bad, you know, for them going down. And when, when Nurk went down, because, you know, he's a he's a really good dude and he's become a really good blazer, you know, and as far as embracing the community. Yeah, he's and embracing himself the, to the fans. And so for, for that to happen to him at that moment during that game, that you're having that impact, I just – you couldn't feel worse for, for somebody. And so I was, I was really sad for him. It kind of ruined the rest of my night. And I don't get a check from the Blazers, but uh, it was it was really really you know sad to see. And so you know like, like everyone else, prayers up, and hopefully he's able to come back uh, better than he was before. It to me is it sucks for Nurk, and you hope that he comes back to a level that he was at now. Uh, Paul George has been able to return to an MVP level after that injury. Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward has taken him a while, but he's starting to kind of get back. It's Kyrie's point. fault though. Um, so you you've seen these two high-profile players who had very similar injuries, although Hayward's was worse because it was more around the ankle joint. Come back and, although come back a little slowly, come back and, and be close to the same that they were before, if not exactly the same. So you hope that Nurk can do the same thing. They said the clean or the break was clean. It didn't have any muscle damage, didn't have any nerve damage or ligament damage. So that's the best-case scenario of a bad situation. And they were saying 8 to 12 months is the recovery time for this. So eight months would put you back just one month in the next season. So not the end of the world. Right? No, no. Still, you can still maneuver uh, from there. But, but if um, it's 12, then it's at the end of next season, and you've played a whole season without Nurk, and that's going to be tough. Well, but if that's what it's going to be for him to be 100% healthy, I'm good with that. You know, I, th- I think, of course, you're not good with it because it's going to hurt your team, but if it means you get him back and he's healthy, uh, then I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. But uh, right now, the good thing about this injury, and there's not a good thing, there's, but I guess a silver lining is uh, you're really seeing Damian Lillard play his ass off in, in, in the midst of everything that's kind of happened to his team. He's kept them afloat for these past couple games. All right, let's break. Coming up next, they did lose to the Pistons last night, and there's been some articles seeing if they could still somehow win a first-round series without Yusuf Nurkic. We'll dive into that next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 1018 here on your Sunday morning. Mike and Rashad with you until 11 o'clock. Hit or love it is coming up next uh, at 1030. Blazers lose Nurk to the compound fracture in his leg. We're talking about it in the break there. Uh, I said it at the beginning of the segment. It's. It's very Blazers. You you lose a good player. You lose a big man specifically to a very bad injury at a bad time. You know, Bill Walton, Sam Bowie, Greg Oden. It's just like the Aaron Follow trade a couple of years ago. You pick up Aaron Follow for some depth. He ends up getting thrust into the starting lineup. Same thing for Enos Kanter. Yep. Yeah, West Matthews Achilles, man. Brandon Roy's knees. Like this is as a dude from Portland, somebody that's you know was was born and mostly raised you know here. It sucks because this has become a part of the culture. 
you just kind of – and it's unfortunate for us, but as Blazer fans, man, we know how this feels. Man, you just kind of swallow it and 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 move forward. You know, with you first you deal with not drafting Michael Jordan, taking Sam Bowie, watching Jordan's career take off, watching Bowie be hurt, you know, every single year. And then you get the number one pick in the draft where you could get Kevin Durant, but I still – and I still say to this day – I would still still would have taken Greg Oden. I wouldn't have. I'm sorry. I mean, that like, day I, it was a bad pick. Like, I mean, I'd still say that. I still would have taken Greg Oden. I saw a dude that played in the national championship game, was dominant, and shot free throws with his left hand. Give me that dude right there. So, at the time, it was the best pick, but then he gets hurt. Mind you, Oden was having a great 23-game stretch, and then all of a sudden the injury came. And much that, that feeling that we had the other night with Nurkic, I remember that exact same feeling. They were talking Blazers championship in three years. I remember that because that team was that good. And then Greg got hurt, and it was, oh, well, I no. Think, I and think I think that same feeling happened with Nurkic. Every bar in Portland collectively gasped at that point because they knew that clinch the playoffs, what, whatever, who the hell, hell cares. I think that's why this one hurt so bad was because you said they were talking championship in three years. This one was different in the fact that people were saying the Warriors might finally be be vulnerable. Yeah. For the first time since they've built this super team, they might finally be vulnerable, and it's not necessarily because of the, the skill that they have, but it seems to be more of the infighting that they have and the weird stuff that's going on and the questions around Durant's future and all that kind of stuff. And then you have a two-seed in the Nuggets who haven't been that high ever, or not ever, but for a very, very long time, and you don't trust them. The Rockets look great with James Harden, but they've got holes this year. The Thunder have collapsed down to the eighth seed. And you're like, wait a minute. This could be the year, not to see you get to the finals, but this could be the year where the Blazers could make a yeah, run. Yeah, they could slide in. Based on the way the West was falling around them. And all of that, gone like that. Blow the candle out on one wrong landing of a leg. You blow that candle out, and now you can just barely hope for a competitive first-round series. And, and that's uh, the thing that sucks about this the most is if you look at the standings, Blazers get the three or four seed if, if Nurk is there, uh, which they still could, by the way, because they're still two games up on the five seed. So they could still keep home court advantage and hopefully get CJ back. Remember, CJ has been hurt, too. You play the Clippers, you play the Jazz, you play the Spurs with Nurk. You think you're winning that series. Maybe not with the Thunder, but you think you're winning that series if you get one of those three teams, which is likely at the moment. Then you get to the second round and all bets are off. You already got past the first round, which you haven't done for a while. And you get to the second round where if you get the three seed, you can avoid the Warriors. And maybe you get a Nuggets team that's that's beatable too. And you're just hoping and praying that, that this could be the year because of how well Nurk has played and how Damian Lillard has stepped it up this year and how hot CJ had been lately and how the bench was better and how you made a couple of decent trades that made the team marginally better, that you could finally do it and then it's all gone. This was the year. And as a Blazer fan, I can't tell you how many times we said that. This right here is the year. This is the year that you mentioned. Golden State's falling apart. Steve Kerr is sick of Draymond's S. Uh, Draymond, I've got pretty good intel that, man, they're fighting in practice pretty much all the time. You know what I mean? So that team, Kevin Durant is, you know, the free agency around him. I think everybody knows he's getting ready to leave or – do his own thing. You know, Steph is the only thing really keeping that team together. And really the only person from that team I think people like, you know, Steph and Clay. And even still with with Clay, there's still a little bit of, you know, black hat there because people still don't really like him just because he's, I don't know, Steph's homie for whatever reason. But you look at a team that's they all of a sudden they look mortal. Unlike we've seen in the past few years from Golden State, even the 73 and 9 year, they look like they can be beaten all of a sudden. And 
this was the Blazers' best chance. This was, I mean, at this point, just the, this team around them, the way Damian Lillard is playing, the cast of characters that you have around him to finally be able to do some of those things. Like, this was the year that the Blazers could have made some noise, and, you know, all that kind of, like you said, the, the candle blew out really fast I, and I will, I will took say out all the lights. The only team to me that they could have a chance against in the first round is the Clippers. So, assuming they can't pass the Rockets with the team that they're made up of right now and they get the four seed, just hope the Clippers get the five because at least I think with the way the Clippers are built, that's a team you could beat without Nurk um, or at least be way more competitive with without Nurk. But you're not beating Rudy Gobert and the Jazz without Nurk and you're not beating the Spurs without Nurk and you're not beating the Thunder without Nurk and you're definitely not beating the Rockets without Nurk. So Why? Because all those teams have a legit big man that can score uh, inside and really at this point, like – I mean, you have Cantor, but he can't play defense. And that's the thing. You can't, the can't stop anybody. But, you know, you do have um, Zach, who can play defense. But, again, he's he's an offensive liability, you know, at certain points. So, unless he's dunking the ball, he doesn't do much for you. So, uh, it puts you at a, at a much different spot. But the question I saw was, man, can they win a playoff series without – no. I'm sorry. No. Unless it's, just, it's the Clippers, I say no. If it is the Clippers, I say probably no. But at least it gives you a chance. Although last year, I think we all said, ah, oh, the Pelicans is who you want, and we saw what happened. No, they that. didn't. You know, and I think we really undervalued how good Anthony Davis really was. I think that was the first thing. Anthony Davis was having great first quarters and We didn't realize the how Blazers. good of a defender Drew Holiday was. No, and we didn't realize how good of a player Drew Holiday was because Drew Holiday was scoring at will, for the most part, on Dame and CJ and whomever else wanted to guard him. Like, Miritich, you found out, or, 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 you know, at least how good, you know, he could be. It's like there's everything kind of – we, as a Blazer fan, I can say this: we weren't expecting that. Nobody was expecting them. I had them winning four two. I did not see them getting swept by that team last year. But that just shows. I mean, the playoffs you have to ratchet up your intensity a little bit. And I think it took the Blazers a little bit last year to finally get to that point. To say, okay, playoff basketball. We need to play with some urgency and play with some urgency now. And New Orleans said, no, we're ready to win today. So moving forward, what this does is, and uh, maybe this is actually the only time it's okay and it has been okay, is it allows Neil O'Shea to kick the can down the road one more time and say, look, look at how good we were before we lost Nurk and we lost CJ. And it allows him to say this team is the right team and they're not going to make any changes. And I've been very against that vocally here on the show for a couple of years now. But in this instance, maybe that's the right move because of just how good the chemistry was and how good the team was playing. But then again, you have to be careful because next year is the opportunity that you have with expiring contracts to make big changes to this team as well. So I'm just hopeful that Neil O'Shea doesn't use this as an excuse to do nothing. I'm hoping he uses this as an excuse to move forward, keep some of these players in, that you that you found out have worked well together but still have the balls to go make a move that you need to make to get this team to be at a, in a better place because you're not going to get Cantor back. You're probably not going to get Seth Curry back. You're probably not going to get Rodney Hood back, and you're likely going to get Al Farouk Aminu back, but that's about it. It's just because of the way their their tax situation is, you're not going to get those other three free agents, including Curry, which stinks because he's actually having a really good year. So you still have to be willing with the expiring contracts to make smart moves to get the right kind of guy. Yeah. What, 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 if you could make it work, of those three guys that you added on a one-year deal, Seth, Seth you would rather have Seth over everybody. Oh, yeah. Seth Curry has been – Really, really good this year. He's been very important on the second unit. He hits a ton of shots. He's a consistent three-point shooter, which some of this team lacked desperately last year outside of your main two guys. Um, 
Cantor is a nice backup, but as we found out, the reason teams keep getting rid of him is he's the worst defender in the NBA in the center position. It's been proven by stats and analytics, and we have seen it in front of our own very eyes. And uh, Rodney Hood, decent little player off the bench, but you're not keeping him. So to me, if you are keeping one, it's Seth Curry because he's proven to you that he can be – hell, if you trade CJ, which I guess is still up in the air at this point, although I doubt it's going to happen, if you trade CJ, Seth can slide into the two-guard role. Yeah, no, and that's he where I think CJ gives you. I yes, think that's where things take kind of picture where maybe if you see this this CJ injury late in the season, how well Seth kind of comes in and starts playing, maybe you go, okay, well, maybe we can finally part ways with CJ. Maybe one of these other expiring contracts make a move and get one more like player in here that's just really going to help actually make a big three out of. Uh, um, you know, hopefully Nurk comes back and you know Dame, and then you add in a guy like like Seth, and you go, okay, this is a legit roster now. You if if you're willing to to take these pieces that you have, if Seth comes in, make that work. I I don't I, I think I I think that that gives you a little bit of firepower, motivation to maybe move CJ while his stock is still kind of up there. I think I'm off the move CJ train. Like I, I honestly, I I think I am. I mean. It's he, hard to find. A, it's hard to. Year. It's fine. It's hard to find another dude that averages twenty in the NBA. There's like twenty of them. You know, for all the three hundred and some odd players that are in the league, there's like twenty five players that average twenty, and CJ just happens to be one of them. So it's hard to find another one of those guys. Like Blazers have had the highest scoring backcourt in the league for like the past three years. Like you're not gonna find another dude who. I mean, you can. Don't get me wrong. He's they're they're definitely out there, but CJ is a sure thing. And you saw like that that first. Kind of inkling, and man, the Blazers are not going to do well in the playoffs. Was when CJ went down. The problem he went though, down. It was like, oh, okay, this is this is going to be difficult now. How are we going to move forward without CJ? Because yeah, even with him being out, man, Seth hasn't had twenty look, yet. Look, look, you know, you can't saying. don't be trapped by the thought that he's the he's a guy who averages twenty points. I look, there's there's thirty in the NBA who averaged twenty. Either way, it is not as many as I thought. But either way, don't get trapped by that. CJ is an amazing offensive player, and nothing else. He's Monte Ellis. He is Monte Ellis. And what the Warriors did is they said, look, we're not going to win with Seth Curry and Monte Ellis. They traded him away. They had some good draft picks, and now they're the best team in the NBA. It's not Obviously, that's not going to happen to the exact same T with the Blazers if they do move CJ, but it's very hard to win with that guard situation. Now, Nurk is there, and it makes it better, and CJ's a great player. Don't I, He's a great player. But you can get so much for him that I think you are lacking on this team. What do you get for CJ that's going to be better than CJ? Well, as, as, see, that? that's the thing. Though, that's why CJ that's why and an expiring contract. And we've seen things like that actually turn into big-time players. We don't know who is necessarily going to be on the market. The fact is, though. A couple is, years is, ago, Paul George was traded for it, Victor exactly. and Sabonis. Who was traded last year? Who was traded last year? I have no idea. Out of Minnesota. Jimmy Butler. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. All right. So so these guys come up for sale. And, and when you go, okay, well, we got some assets here for you. DeMar CJ, DeRozan was traded for Kawhi Leonard. Like. That's not, that's, I mean. DeMar you, you shake your head at DeMar DeRozan, yeah, is, yeah you, you shake your head at it, but let's not act like DeMar DeRozan was like, we shaded him for Kawhi Leonard. Like, Kawhi is cold. Yes, Kawhi is that guy, but, no, but DeMar DeRozan's not is, weak. DeMar DeRozan is essentially CJ McCollum. He's a great scorer who doesn't do anything else. And he can't even shoot the three for that matter. So 
I'm just saying is those are the type of players that if you include him in a deal, you could get. Not saying you will. Remember, the reports were out there that the Blazers had a good offer for Paul George, but Kevin Pritchard said, bleep you. I hate Paul Allen. I'm not doing any trades with them. Maybe it included CJ. I don't know. But it is something that could get you a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard or a Jimmy Butler. If you get a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, that's a different conversation. But chances are. Been talking yeah, about. that's what I'm saying. But chances are there's only four Paul George, Jimmy Butlers. Oh, they seem to be coming up every there's, year. Yeah, there's they only a few be, of those I mean, in the league. Technically, maybe. I mean, it's a different GM now, but I mean, Anthony Davis is going to be up at the end of the year. Not to say that you're going to get him, but. But there, these guys come up for sale, and the fact is, is that is that you're looking at 20 points. Well, guess what? We, we think Enos Cantor. He's right now playing on a veteran minimum. He gives you 20 points every night, but he doesn't play defense. And so, when you think about it, you need a guy that plays in all facets of the game. If you're going to give me a guy who's going to play hard defense and give me 15 a night, I'll take that over CJ. And I, I hate to say that because CJ's a great player, but at the same time. We also need the scoring to come from other places than the backcourt because last year, what did we see? We saw the backcourt taken away every game in the postseason. Well, and that's why I think people were excited this year because Nurk got to the point where he was a consistent third scorer. And it actually, he, I think Nurk's the second best player on this team now. I think it goes Dame, Nurk, CJ. And that's the way it should have been. In that order. But what this team lacks, and it still does, although it's been better this year, is better wing play, more consistent wing play a double threat offense defense guy at the three or hell the four. If you want to, if you want to combine those two positions together and Jesse is right. Those players have been coming up a lot more recently as teams realize, Oh crap, we're going to lose our player for nothing in a year. Cause he's not going to come back. Let's trade him for something. And then you get a chance to try to convince a Paul George to stay in your city <laughs> or a Kawhi Leonard to stay in your city. It's the same. Look, Paul George went to Oklahoma city. Oklahoma city sucks as a city, right? It's a place that not a lot of players want to go to. He stayed. There's talk of Kawhi Leonard staying in Toronto now. It's You have to take that risk. You have to. And uh, CJ is a guy who is a very good player who gives you a lot of scoring, but you could get so much better if you use him in a trade trade piece, as a trade piece. I'm, I'm trying to feel like, well, <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of a lot of guys that are better. Again, we, we talk about Kawhi Leonard. We talk about Paul George. I know we have to break, but there's – three, four, four of those guys, you know, those two-way guys in the league that, that do it. I'd shot. take a every, comparable four player or five. that every is a more well, You would do that for a rental player. for – name one free agent that's ever come to Portland. Brian Grant. It's the only one, the big-name guy that's ever come exactly. here. Exactly. Why would he stay here? Why we would, have, why would the same reason Oklahoma no one City. stays here? Why would Paul George stay in Oklahoma City? Because he plays with the second-best two a point guard in the league. That's why. And he has a, 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 a great big man. He has a good team right. around him. That's so that, why. But, Rashad, that's the exact same thing is if a player like Paul George came to Portland, a non-desirable free agent city, just like Oklahoma City is, and he plays with one of the top three or four point guards in the league and a really good big man, maybe he's convinced to stay too. And we That's have gotten if. players traded it, here in the past to stay. It, it's it's the fact is you can't get them to sign in free agency, but when you can get them in the town, you can get them in front of Blazer Nation, you can, you can get them here a little bit in the summer, all of a sudden they go, oh, well, maybe I can live That's here all I'm in saying. Portland. There's no guarantee. There's okay. never a guarantee, but you're not going to score if you don't shoot your shot. And you have to shoot your shot. Maybe we'll Kawhi like leaves. That. Maybe Kawhi leaves Toronto, right? Or maybe he stays in Toronto, which there's been rumblings that maybe he's considering staying now. Oh, would you look at that? He found a city with a good fan base that has a good uh, it's a good place to live. Maybe he doesn't want to go play for the dysfunctional Lakers and have Clippers. all his shots taken away from LeBron Clippers. by LeBron. 
or the Clippers. Maybe he doesn't want to go there now. Maybe he stays in Toronto. And then you've seen two examples of guys who have been traded who were guaranteed leaving for Los Angeles and didn't. I'm just saying those are all big maybes. Maybe he stays. Maybe we maybe give her our second well, best player. Maybe, maybe CJ learns to play defense. Uh, <laughs> and maybe Paul George leaves for the Lakers, but he didn't. You have an example that's, of it happening. That's the that's the one time it's happened though. Like, I'm not really to bank everything on the on the exception, not the rule. It's different now than it used to be. That's all I'm saying. You got you got to shoot your shot. You have to, I, or I else agree. you're stuck in the same spot over and over again, which is what the Blazers have been. All right, we're way over. Let's break. Jesse has an update. Hater to love it next. Sports Sunday on the fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, hate it or love it time. We'll have to go a little rapid fire again because, well, we got passionate last segment. That's like the second week in a row. I know. Well, hey, sometimes the pa- passion bucket is full and you got to... The second hour has been out. has been lit, as the kids say, for the past couple weeks. I don't think the kids say that anymore. I think they, they still do. It's frustrating. I guess you do work with kids. Yeah. It's lit. I have to tell them all the time, don't say Gucci, don't say Larry's. Well, Isn't Gucci so actually a thing now? Yeah, it means like I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. cool. Yeah, Gucci. Gucci. Yeah, it sounds stupid, right? Whatever. Kids say what they will say. We all said stupid things when we were kids too because they were cool at the time. <laughs> Although I can't remember all these random words either that when we were kids either. But I'm just a grumpy old man. Yeah, we're getting there, man. All right, Jesse, let's go. All right, let's turn on the mic. Uh, really quick. Um, so been one guy in college basketball that's just stolen the show this season we Kyle all guy we all know him zion williams oh, okay. uh he's been compared to uh the likes of hall of famers like charles barkley and is actually just they're they're literally seem to be putting him in the hall of fame already uh despite the fact that he hasn't even been drafted in the nba love or hate Zion will not live up to the hype that is currently being kind of thrown out there. I'm going to say hate on this one, and I I would have said love two or three weeks ago, but seeing him play in this NCAA tournament, watching the highlights, seeing every single thing he's able to do on a basketball court, he will succeed in the NBA. He can shoot. He can rebound. He jumps higher than anyone I've seen in a long time. He can play defense. He is a bowling ball of energy. He is everything an NFL or an NBA team needs. Or an NFL team. Or an NFL team <laughs> needs uh, to win at basketball. Now, there are weaknesses to his game. He's not the best free throw shooter, and he's still young, but he's a freshman. He's 18, 19 years old. He has so much time when he, once he gets to the NBA to figure out all those little extra things you need to figure out when you, once you get to the league. I don't know if he'll be the best player out of this draft. I think R.J. Barrett's really good. I think John Morant's really good. But I think he will have a wildly successful NBA career being kind of a LeBron light, if you will, because he can do it all. He's just not as talented as LeBron was. Uh, six foot seven, 285 pounds uh, as an 18 year old. He still hasn't really gotten his NBA body underneath him. Imagine how much leaner and how much more athletic he's going to be once he sheds 15 pounds and he puts on just all NBA muscle. 
Uh, I think it's this kind of I, already I, on I, I, Yeah, absolutely. But just when they slim him down a little bit and make him more um, adaptable to the NBA game and how much they run, like, and he's going to be playing 34 minutes a game, he's he's going to be in phenomenal shape. You're looking at a kid that can already uh, get eight and a half rebounds as a freshman. You know, he play he pays. Uh, he plays great defense. He pays attention to the small things. He plays above the rim, but he, he's also to play, able to play below the rim as far as getting some of those rebounds. He's not always just skying over everybody to make sure he does it. That means he's working hard, and I think that's where the Charles Barkley kind of comparisons come from is because he's not really snatching a lot of those over the rim. I'm looking at a dude that's once in a lifetime. I can't remember the last time I've seen a college basketball player that I had to go and watch. I mean, Carmelo was really good, but outside of that, I can't think of the last dude that was like must-see TV and on it's the been next a level, very long time. on the next level, and once he really learns how to score, once he really learns how to shoot, you're looking at a guy that's probably going to average anywhere between 24 and 27 a game once he really learns what he's doing. So I'm looking at you're looking at possibly uh, the next big thing. And so when we start having that conversation about Jordan, LeBron, all that stuff, uh, if all goes the way we think it's going to go, I think Zion is probably going to be somewhere in that conversation. The momentum train has been building for Oregon after being down a couple years in football and obviously after missing the tournament last year and with the Pac-12 seemingly kind of being down in both football and basketball, love or hate, Oregon will win the Pac-12 in both football and basketball next season. Ooh. Ooh. That's a a nail-biter right there. Oh, my God. Um, I'll say hate because I think it's really hard to do both in the same season. I think you'll see Oregon compete once again, but it's not like Washington's going away in the north. And, hell, it's not like Washington State's going away in the north. Mike Leach has created a really good team up there that I think it's certainly possible Oregon wins the the north this year. But you have a lot of really good recruits coming in this year who are freshmen. You have to see them make that impact before you can truly say they're the best team in the Pac-12 in football. Basketball, I think it is more likely that they do win the, the conference next year. Uh, if you get Luke King back, I'll feel even stronger about that. You have a, another good recruiting class and hoops coming in. So they could certainly win it in a very down basketball conference where the only other team worth a damn is probably Washington. And we'll see what happens with Arizona and Arizona State in the offseason as well. So I'll say hate because it's really hard to do that. But uh, I like the question because it's possible. Oh, man. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say Love. You know, um, I'm, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, I'm Sean. looking at a, I'm, I'm looking at an Oregon Ducks team in football who really just came within a few games away from possibly being undefeated. You know, they had the the letdown against Washington State. They had the, the the unfortunate play against Stanford. Like a lot of things that they could have done to really shore those up. Maybe they're in a much different position this past year than they are this year. I see Justin Herbert coming back for his senior year. I'm looking at uh, his brother coming to play tight end this year. What what that connection could be like. You're looking at an improved, crossing your fingers, uh, an improved defense. And then I'm looking at a Washington team that uh, did they graduate? Uh, I can't remember if their impact players graduated or not or there i can't in, I, 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 in, in basketball on football excuse me uh, they lose Browning's their quarterback gone. yeah but they've got eason right who's going to be so, the likely starter there to me stanford is, is always going to be the 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 standing bear for the pac-12 north so if you can really get past them i think a lot of that is possible as far as the basketball team you have peyton pritchard who will be a senior coming back if they can continue on the recruiting trail they've been on for the past couple of years and get a few more impact players why can't they take some of this momentum in the next year? The Pac-12 isn't incredibly strong in basketball. We know that. We've been saying that. Everyone else does. So why couldn't the Ducks be that team with arguably the best coach in the Pac-12 to go all the way to the top? All right. Finally, um, 
we saw Jordan Howard move for virtually nothing from Chicago to Philadelphia. Philadelphia kind of made a move midseason to get Jay Ajayi a couple seasons ago. It worked out well for him. Kind of, I mean, the knees have let Ajayi down as of late. They decided That's why the Dolphins traded him. Yep, and they let him go, and they went out and got Jordan Howard, who didn't seem to really fit that Matt Nagy system in Chicago. Love or hate? Jordan Howard will be a top five rusher in the league for the Eagles next season. 100% hate this. 100% hate this. <laughs> uh, the the Philadelphia system, although different than the Bears system, still relies a lot on, on quick players and, and catching the ball out of the backfield and having multiple skill sets at the running back position, which Jordan Howard does not. Jordan Howard is a ground and pound running back who is good in the red zone and good in kind of old school football. But that's not even the reason I'm hating this. The reason I'm hating this is the Eagles are a team and the, they are one of many who have now shown that they are going to go more with the running back by committee than one guy who's going to carry the rock every single time. They've got a lot of really solid running backs on that team. And Jordan Howard is not going to be a top five guy in that system because A, he's nowhere near a top five running back in the league. And you do have a bunch of guys who are at the top who are going to be bell cows for their teams. But B, the Eagles are just all about running back by committee the last few years, and I think that'll continue. So hate, hardcore hate. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to hate it as well. They had four running backs that they went to last year. Uh, Smallwood, Corey Clement, uh, Adams, uh, Darren, uh, Darren Sproles. So they already had a bunch of running backs, you know, in between there. You, I look at him as more of a of a, of a of a bruising running back. You know, he's somebody I can consider more like a LeGarrette Blunt than anybody that's going to be really be able to fit into that kind of fast-paced Eagles uh, offense that they have. Uh, what it could do is could be breathe a little bit of life into them because maybe the Eagles do need somebody that's going to be able to put it between uh, the tackles and kind of do something. So, uh, I don't know. I don't think he's going to get, you said, going to be a lead rusher, a top five rusher? Top five rusher. No. I can't, Not combined I, yards, I, I, just I have yards. To, I have to hate that, unfortunately. I think he's, he can be a very good rusher, and he can be somebody that can definitely help Philadelphia get back to the playoffs, possibly back to the Super Bowl. But do I think he's going to be an impact player like that to where he changes everything that Philadelphia does? No. Are, is he even going to be the first running back on their depth chart You know, this year is, is a big question. So uh, there's a lot of questions to be asked there. So I guess we'll see what they say in training camp. You got Zeke, you got Barkley, you got Todd Gurley, you have Melvin Gordon, you've got McCaffrey, you've got Joe Mixon. I mean, so many guys. James, Dream Hunt will James be back Conner. after eight, eight Le'Veon games. Le'Veon Bell is going to be signed yeah. this year uh, to the Jets. I mean, I'm going to ignore Kareem Hunt for now because I don't want to think about that. But, uh, I mean, Alvin Kamara, you got so many guys who are better than Jordan Howard who should have more rushing yards next year. All right, winner today. Rashad! Woo! Ooh, two in a row. I'll take it. I'll need that, man. And sadly, it's the shortest segment ever for you, but... Oh, uh, it's all good. Uh, we're going to talk sports when we come back. Right sports. here on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10.53, about four minutes left in the show-ish. Yeah, that's, that'd be about right. Okay. Uh, Lynch, you said you had something for me, bro. Yeah, this was something that I wanted to see if you remembered and Jesse and the hell the texters out there too. Better you today, text line 55305. I saw this on Friday. Do you remember the book, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Yes. That, that cover right there? Yes, I do. It is a very infamous book that I think we all had as kids. It's being made into a TV show. 
and the trailer looks horrifying. Really? Yes. I have to check that out then. So this book, if you remember, I don't know why this was okay for kids. It had really creepy pictures. It was really you know, dark. I don't think they were really thinking about stuff for kids, you know, back then. They were just making stuff. Oh, this is about this is about a kid. So yeah, it's a kid's book. I mean, it was really, really gruesome artwork and really creepy stories. Uh, the one I remember most, there's two of them. I think one of them was the lady whose head was attached and then fell off at the end of the story. And then the other one was the lady popped a pimple and spiders poured out of her face. Gross. In the trailer, that that the spider girl is in it. It's creepy. I'm sure that drove you crazy. Well, you didn't see the spiders. You see a spider leg stick out of the pimple. That's all you see. Oh, okay. But um, it is a really creepy looking show. And if you're like, if you like horror stuff, check out the trailer because I'm assuming you will like it. And I think all of us who are in our age range in the around 30-ish, right, in that kind of five-year window, we had that book. That book was something that every, every child had, and I think it's something that would be cool to watch. I think that'd be pretty cool to watch. I mean, I'm, I'm curious how creepy it would actually be. You know, I have a seven-year-old, so well, trying to see. Well, it's for him. It's for you. Well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm even the book, you know, but I'd be curious to watch that as well to see, you know, if it's really as creepy as I remember the books kind of being. Because I was really like, okay, we don't tell any more of these stories. Like, it's, it's, it's really all good. That also reminds me, I want someone to remake uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? That was a good show. That would be awesome. You know, especially if they can do it a little more uh, kind of an adult-themed yeah. Are You Afraid of the Dark? I think that would be awesome. Because it was really creepy, but also really tame. You could bring that show back today, and I would probably still It was creepy it. and tame because it was for kids. Also, you see Jordan Peele's remaking The Twilight Zone? I did. I did. I've cool. heard his movie Us is amazing. I'm going to probably go check it out this, this afternoon. I'm not big with scary stuff. So for me, I want to see Us, but I'm also like, yeah. You can go with me, man. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you warm. You'll, you'll I am, I'll me. keep you safe. So excited because I think Jordan Peele could be the next great I totally agree. Creator. I totally Hitchcock. agree. Yeah, no, he's he, he looks like, because I mean, he's, he's coming out with original ideas. Um he just came out and said he doesn't see himself uh, lead, uh, casting a white lead, which I don't care. Like, it great. You know, the black African community needs, it, you know, that respect. But, man, he just creates such great original ideas. Excited to see what he comes out with. Yeah, this should be good. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening and interacting on the Better You Today text line 55305. Appreciate all of you out there who responded to uh, and texted into us today. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11. More Blazers and tournament and baseball and whatever else comes up during this this week we'll talk about next week and uh maybe we'll have some more fun as well with some cartoon and scary story talk i like it i'm in me too thanks so much for listening we'll see you then enjoy your sunday everybody this one's for pat We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 